Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And welcome to Roller Roos Podcast. My name is Raj Baines and I will be hosting today as a rarity. Our special guest <laughs> is Jack Hussey. Jack, how are you? Um, yeah, I'm alright. I'm alright, thanks mate. Um, welcome to the podcast. Uh, yeah, hi. Yeah, lovely to be on. Thank you for having me. First time, long time, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, this we're... feels really weird. Yeah, well, I said to you off off uh, off air that um, you'll be the bottom for once, so that's probably why it's a, a bit weird. Maybe I should have spat on it more first. <laughs> I, that's a really awkward way to start the podcast, isn't it? I'm sorry. Um, I've, it's, the tone's been brought right down, and that's that's amazing. I've hosted and, and I've brought the tone down. Nobody would have imagined that. Um, but no, we, we've See, seen you know, it. You know when the, when the Rule the Roost account does all the problematic stuff. <laughs> I love it because you because I know I know with you there's that little bit where you're like they'll think it's Jack doing this. So that's all right. The ones that you don't put out on the Baines account, and I see come out on Rule the Roost. I'm like, I know what he's up to. <laughs> Ah, uh, you see right through me, but um, but yeah, no, we've turned it around because uh, as the writer and creator of Spurs Wipe 2020, I wanted to um, to start and talk about that. Essentially, this wasn't um, this isn't something you've asked for. This was my idea, and, and I thought it'd be a nice way to kind of do a bit of a DVD commentary and a bit of a, an interview around it, and and kind of talk about it because I'm sure people have got questions. <laughs> <laughs> mainly why um about, about about what you've put out and when did and she leave you <laughs> yeah. um and stuff like that so i i just wanted to um to do that and and make you uncomfortable and stuff so do, do you want to get going yeah go on then, mate it's, okay so um it is really uncomfortable you... i don't know why it feels so weird but it just does i'm like yeah. being put on the spot no. This is why we uh, you'll be one of those um, people that comes on and I grill and then they don't want to come back again and <laughs> add them to my collection. I, I have um, I've softened somewhat in recent years, but um, we'll see. Anyway, Jack, um, where did the idea come from? It's obviously a, a homage and a pastiche to um, Charlie Brooker, but the idea of doing that for Spurs and stuff, how long have you had this idea uh, when did you start putting it into place? How did it all come together? 
it, I mean, it literally it has been from pretty much this time last year. So it's not it's not one of those things that it's been like, oh, I've got loads of time during this pandemic, so I'll do it. I just kind of thought last year, because Brooke has sort of stopped doing the wipe now, and I always liked it. I always really enjoyed that at the end of every year. And since he's sort of gone off and gotten slim and gotten his Netflix deal and everything, he sort of stopped, you know, he's, he's left behind all his curmudgeonly kind of shit. So I thought, well, I can, I can pick up that, that, that baton. Um, but just, I just thought football would just lend itself to it really well. You know, I've sort of been working in and around as the old phrase goes, content and, you know, stuff on, YouTube and stuff for the past few years professionally for my sins um, and I just sort of saw a bit of a gap for something like that that I thought would be less hey YouTube like and subscribe which has its place. Hey guys! Yeah you know but I, I, you know, I'm not going to be the fat old man that does that and tries to sort of key into a Gen Z thing so I was wondering if it would just be a way in which to go through both of it and I just sort of thought, yeah, that wipe format works really well, lend itself to me just being sarcastic and monotone for a bit of time. And so I just sort of started writing it as, as I went along, just making more making notes and stuff as each game went, highlighting sort of particular moments and things like that. Um, uh, but in terms of like really, really getting down to work on it, probably from about... April or so, so I have I have still been working on it quite a long time, but the, the past two months in particular, I've driven myself sort of pretty mad trying to get it over the line. Are you happy with it? Yeah, I am really. I it's probably yeah the the thing I'm you know most in terms of my video stuff the the most happy I am. Like um, it's. It, it was one of those things where I sort of thought, you know, the internet is quite, you know, it's the harshest critic, right? Like, it, yeah. it, 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 and there's that part of me that's like, you know, I'm going to put this out and it's going to be, oh, look at the fucking sad old cunt trying to do YouTube or trying to be a celebrity or trying to do this or that. But really, honestly, I just thought, look, you know, I, we all we all have our jobs. We all have our day job where you don't really get the control or whatever it is that you want over the work that you do. There's always a compromise, and ultimately, I just wanted to be like, look, I want to make a thing and just do it how I want to do it and put it out there. And that that was sort of the. I know this is all going quite corny, but you know, it's it. it, it I don't know. There's a there's just so much of me in it that. I can't really sort of be disingenuous or standoffish about it, you know. No. It's it, it was yeah, really sort of you know big deal just personally to just get it over line. I think after a few years of not really making any of my own stuff anymore, and yeah, other yeah. than the podcast which we do, which I, I think has been a sort of a thread all throughout, um, yeah, of sort of keeping in touch with myself, you know. <laughs> Is that because you wank during every show? Oh, maybe. How can I? How can I resist when I'm talking <laughs> to you? you know what I mean? That's why I'm always so eager to get you, like, to fucking have you do it to me. It's because um, extending this 
Brooker scenario, I'm your Connie Hook, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your, what was the sort of the hardest part of bringing it all together? Was it, was it the fact that you had to leave a lot on the floor and um, just cherry picking bits? Because it's not as if Tottenham leave you shorter material, especially this season. Was that sort of the, the most difficult? kind of a part of it is sort of fine-tuning what you're going to put in and what you're not because it still run to like an hour and 16 I think it is which by the way when I watched it last night flew by it didn't feel over long there isn't anything in it that I thought oh that was a bit self-indulgent that could have done with cutting because sometimes you, these things can can fall into that because it is very hard to self-edit um, and I imagine you'll have you'll have shown your missus rough cuts and stuff and she'll have shown you you know which bits are working and which bits might not. But what was the yeah? What in, in working through? How did you how did you come to the final cut? Um, I th- I think what has been pretty helpful, like I say, is like you know because working sort of online in short form, basically social video content, um, has been a real sort of eye opener for me. I mean, just to sort of like. It's not even a peek behind the curtain. Like, you know, I, I worked before at 90 Min, and now work sort of freelance for a couple of different ad agencies, working for sort of big clients. Um, and then more recently, I'm working at Sport Bible. Apologies, everyone. Um, you can thank me for all the memes and everything. But it's, it's. There was one day where you accidentally sent me a link to a rough cut of uh, like a trick shot video rather than like audio <laughs> for a podcast. I genuinely sat there and watched five minutes of it and I, I did wonder to myself, why the fuck has he sent me this? But I then did tell you that I needed some else. But you know, it's good work. Oh, thank you. It's, and that's it. It's the, it's the devil that's in the detail. I mean, like, I'm sure back in the day there was an element of like, this is just sort of funny, but when you sort of now, I mean, the sort of size of the company, the way in which things happen, I don't think I'm going to get in too much trouble for revealing anything too big, but there is a fair amount of sort of science behind it. You know, you are looking at retention rates, you're looking at what audiences engage with why, and sort of you have to speculate still why things will fall off and this and that. But I mean, without going into it too much, like it's given me a sort of, I guess, a finer understanding that generally speaking, make your point, make it quickly, which is something I don't, which is quite ironic given the (laughs) the amount of shit I talk on here. Um, But just sort of being able to apply a lot of that to to this has been very helpful. Um, Like I say, working in YouTube, working, seeing a lot of like, you know, I, I mean, I know there is this temptation and I've fallen into it a lot myself, but seeing a lot of like, especially young people who make a lot of stuff on YouTube, um, there's, there's, a, there's a very swift sort of knee jerk to it that will say, ah, you know, they're just little dickheads with a camera. And although, in, you know, invariably some of those people are just little dickheads with cameras, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of the content creators who are big on YouTube are very, very smart, very talented young people who, you know, even an old prick like myself can learn a lot from. Um, Mm. and yeah I mean I've, I've, I don't really know for much I think if, in terms of like what was most difficult for me therefore is honestly speaking was doing like the front of camera stuff because yeah never... I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that because it's there is animation elements in there and yeah. you are known most for your animation obviously although they are now 
disappeared into the ether. Um, so what, what was it you like going in front of the camera? You can't say anything these days, mate. That's why. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And what was your... Um, what was you thinking about going in front of the camera? Was it was it because that's the format you were doing it for? And, and was there any other temptation to write it and have somebody else be in it? Or was it always something that you wanted to kind of, it was your baby and you were going to kind of see it through? If I'm honestly speaking, were it not for coronavirus, um, when I first was thinking about doing this back in like, sort of like, well, this time last year, January, I think my head was completely at, I need to find a, a host. I need to find someone to do all the front of camera bits. Because um, yeah. I sort of thought I could do this in a... I mean, originally I thought what I can do is basically do it like Adam Curtis does his documentaries and stuff right. like that, where I can just narrate it all and then it could almost work. I wanted to sort of write it and put it out in a way where it could almost work as a podcast uh, so just an audio thing, but then if you want to, I could stick it on YouTube and sort of basically paint it, if you like, with all the archive footage and my sort of bits of animation and stuff like that. But the more and more I started writing it and the more, like, when I actually started scripting it, it, it sort of became clear that, yeah, you've got a... <laughs> there needs to be some sort of binding element. You need to have the host on there um and then so i sort of I, I originally started thinking like who could i get to do this like and then all the sort of problems arise of like well i'd want it to be someone that's good and somebody that understands what i'm trying to like get the tonality right and somebody who i can work with that could do it um but then it's like well i'm asking for a lot of somebody's time um yeah. and I, I can't pay them do you know what i mean like this is just something with i haven't got a budget for it i haven't been commissioned like I'm, yeah i'm just doing some youtube content and i totally i don't hold that against anyone i totally appreciate it you know in the past i've asked people to do voices and stuff for things like you know trunks and stuff like that i've done and they've just kind of been like look lad like you know can't just do work for free and you're like well yeah fair enough really do you know what i mean i do get it i totally get it but do you mean that my i'm not getting paid for my contribution to, get, to... uh well i mean we can do we can discuss that later on when uh when the patreon bucks uh, <laughs> start rolling in yeah and then i can sort it out but yeah and then so i just sort of from there i just kind of thought look right fuck it you know do it as a bit of a place quo well, because then coronavirus came along and I was like, well, I have to do it myself. Yeah. Um, and I recorded some like placeholder bits, mm -hmm. um, stuck them out there. And I'll, I'll be honest, like there are, I've pretty much from until about, I would say probably about two months ago, I'd filmed half of it. Cause I've been sort of filming bits and editing bits together as it's gone along. But yeah, the earlier bits where I'm nervous and, you know, even more bloated than I was by the end of it, like <laughs> in the height of like the lockdown early carb pounding, um, it it just it, it's so awkward and it's so awful. Maybe I'll release those into the ether one day because they're just terrible. And then I just sort of had this moment of like, look, if you're gonna fucking do it, just do it. People are gonna say nasty things. It's the internet. 
but you want to do it you know what you want to say so just fucking you know i don't know i once went um this is just a, a point about people being dicks on the internet i once went for a coffee with the uh, athletic journalist carl anker and uh he said to me that um you work work on the sort of rule of thumb and, and the basic theory that 10% of people online at any given time are going to think you're a cunt and going to think you're an idiot. And all expanding your audience and expanding your name does is make that 10% bigger. <laughs> it doesn't mean that 50% of people now think you're a cunt. It just means if your audience goes from 5,000 to, say, 30 that 10% of people is naturally going to be larger than it was before. So obviously that negative feedback is going to grow with it. So I don't think that's something you necessarily sort of take too too much to heart. I know it's it's easier said than done, as, as anyone who puts anything creative out there knows. It, it, you have to quickly learn to grow a, a thick skin because it, no matter what you put out there, it's... Um, is a part of you and especially this it's, it's taken you a year to do and and you know so much time and energy and, and and effort if you know if one person says oh this is shit or what have you then that's probably gonna hurt your heart more than it is gonna buzz you up if some if you know 10 people say it's brilliant but from the the feedback i've seen has all been been amazing have you been pleased with how it's been received uh honestly mate like genuinely just uh, like it sounds like some sort of lame Oscars type speech, but it, it genuinely has been quite overwhelming. The past sort of day of like some well since I put it out, I've just been in this sort of like little haze of like just not just almost like confusion, just like kind of like you know, wow, like you know, I sort of because I I was without saying like you know arrogant or anything, like I I I. I I wasn't particularly scared of it being like a horror show. I didn't think it was going to be something that like was going to be one of those things that gets turned into a meme by every other fan base. Like, oh my god, look at what this Spurs fans done type thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you see mirror articles off the back of it, or Sun articles being like cringiest fan base in the world sort of thing. Yeah. But. I think like the the thing I was thinking it would be more like is like oh, that's all right, bit long, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But the fact that it seems to have like yeah, I don't know, struck a chord with people is just and people have just been like so, I don't know, just you know, I'm just happy that people have watched it. But the fact that people have been so just like you know, I don't know, just kind, nice, you know, it's it's just. It's really refreshing, and it yeah, it does it does actually mean a lot because I know I know I put out this quite frosty, standoffish, cunty persona, which you know is sort of true to. That's degree. not a persona. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, I am a soft bastard as well. So yeah, you know. no, no, no. It's I think it's speaking as as a, both a fan and a, as a mate, it was richly deserved, and I have enjoyed watching having sort of had previews of it and having spoken to you over the past few months while you've been putting it together and, and sort of contributed my bit and, and probably contributed my bit late, to be honest. Um, no, not at all, mate. Perfect it was, time. Uh, it was all... Um, it's all really great to see it, it come together because when you kind of see the the behind-the-scenes of, of you pulling 
you know, long evenings and stuff, editing it together in your own time. And like you say, it's not as if anybody's paying you for this or commissioned it. It's something that you've decided to put out there. And we do make a joke of it when people try to give us feedback on the podcast of it, you know, enjoy your free entertainment. <laughs> but it, it, it is one of those where, you know, you've given some people like what over an hour's worth of shit to do there at a time where they've got no better to do but to watch it. So it's good to see that that's actually been appreciated. Yeah. What's your, um, What's your favourite part of it? What's the the one bit of it that you sort of you think that's that's the bit that is that's dearest to my heart? Um, oh, I, d- I don't really know actually. Um, is it the Danny Rose song? I do like it, yeah, because I'm I'm glad that 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 was, you know, because I've had a grumble about him, but at the end of the day, he's one of my favourite ever Spurs players, um, and. Yeah, he's human at the end of the day, isn't he? Like, he's had a fuck-up, and I got really pissed off with him about the Sun thing. But then, you know, he's one of the few players that people moan about players that don't really play for the shirt or anything like that. And I'd say he's one of the few players I can say in my lifetime that really has fucking given everything for for the club and for the team. Um, and more often than not, when he gets pissed off, you can see it's because, number one, he's that sort of character, isn't he? And also that... He just, I think, actually genuinely gives a shit about about Spurs, really. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was, and it, it was, I didn't want, because I know he's, like, you know, there's the sort of, like, the, there's issues with Rose of, like, you know, mental health and stuff, and I didn't want it to seem, my sort of worry was that, like, the tonality, that people might think, oh, I'm calling him a weirdo and stuff because of that bit. You know, it's, the song Creep is about, it's somebody, drawing those parallels it's like their own paranoia it's their own insecurity that they're drawing up for themselves and stuff and i you know hopefully that was conveyed i didn't you know i don't, I don't want people to think i'm making light of it or taking the piss out of him it was, it was supposed to be bittersweet it's supposed to be a homage to the guy and like you know yeah the fact that ultimately through it all you know he's he's one of our boys and like you know people should sort of really give him the respect on balance of his career that he deserves so yeah, that was definitely up there. Um, I mean... Should I tell you my favourite bit? Go on. Uh, it's only a small part, but it's the bit that literally... I watched it last night while my missus was asleep. Um, I watched it on my iPad with my AirPods in, and the one bit where I was scared I was going to wake her up was um, the the Son interview um, uh, after Southampton, where you do the... Uh, Bart Simpson, this is the point where you can see his heartbreak. Yeah, I do I do like that, because it takes me by surprise, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it, it comes out of left field, but it's so well done. And I think that, if that if you clipped that up and just did that as its own individual thing after the game, that would have been stolen by everyone and sort of that would have gone viral, I think. But the fact that it's, that's one little 30 second, second nugget within this hour and 16 minute thing is, is spectacular. I, I think that's yeah, that's what I do like about it, and I'm glad you sort of picked up on bits like that because there are just those little flashes here and there that like, you know, I was just kind of like that took like for example like that took fucking ages to do. Do you know? What I mean? Yeah, I can imagine because it's not a it's not an unskilled piece of editing. Yeah, and it's like and it's such a tiny little touch, but I'm like I just I really want to do because I think it would just sort of work i mean another one similar to that really is i um i quite like at the start the liverpool the david brent 
you know, the, <laughs> yeah. oh, for fuck's sake, bit at the start. Um, yeah. Because like there's just this annoying like motion tracking thing, trying to get the Liverpool badge to stay on Charlotte's head, and yeah, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean all those sort of stupid little techie details? But I was like, I've got to, I've got to get it. I've got to sort of nail yeah. it. So um, yeah, devils in the details. I think that um, I quite liked the. I, d- d- being honest as well, like it was a joy sort of bringing the cane bit to life i don't want to be like noshing you off mate but like no, no, no. given the yeah. given the the brief i gave you of like can you just like i don't know i really want to like i've i've prattled on for like 45 minutes and i feel like i want to like give kane a bit of love but you know i i it feels sort of out of place do you reckon you could just do something and just you were like yeah just leave it with me i was like I knew it, and then you just sort of brought it back, and you're like, you know, nothing I want to change, nothing at all. I was like, nope, mate, bang on. <laughs> you just sort of nailed it, and it was just like, because the reason why it was so perfect is because like I did have a really like the way in which you see it sort of visually unfold is mm-hmm. like I'd sort of loosely had that kind of thing in my head of like, you know, you want to see his journey, you want to see it kind of like unfold from when he was that sort of maligned kid that we all took the piss out of you know in my old animations i was taking the piss out of him like i made some couldn't score in a brothel type joke about him and all this type of stuff and just seeing it unfold before our eyes seeing that whole trajectory that his career's gone on so far and hopefully you know will continue to do so was brilliant and it was just like i don't know i think i think you actually you actually summed up Harry Kane best for me in one of your tweets, and it's something I wish I'd come up with or and might go on to steal. But it's, um, <laughs> I think you said something along the lines of Harry Kane's going to be the player that I sort of annoy future generations with, or future generations are going to hate me for constantly bringing up because you're going to be always going to be going, oh, he's no Harry Kane. But absolutely, matter, right? It's Well, that's going to be the thing because we're going to have experienced him. He's going to hold this very unique, special place in our heart. And no matter what Tottenham come to be or or who they are, there's not going to be another one. We thought we'd add that with Ledley. We thought we'd, you know, we thought even players like Bale and stuff, we we thought, oh, we're never going to see anything of this like again. This is, this is the best we've ever seen. But this lad's come out of nowhere and eclipsed a lot of them and he's still getting better and he's still there and he's... He's, he's going to break records that hand on heart. I don't think I ever, in my wildest dreams, thought we're ever going to get touched at Spurs because I always assumed if a player is that good that they're, you know, in the leagues of Jimmy Greaves, somebody's going to come and buy him or, mm. you know, he, he's going to leave for somewhere better. But the fact that this lad is going to hand on, you know, touch wood, smash those records and, and probably be the greatest player that we've ever had, um, it's remarkable. Um you know, and if there's anyone who's going to get a a stand named after him or a statue built in our lifetime, I think he's probably probably the head of the queue right now. Oh, big time! You know, and it, it it's just yeah, it's that, isn't it, mate? Um, and it was just yeah, it was really like it was just so nice going through whatever you could find about Harry Kane and sort of piecing together this this thing whatever it is i was going to actually time. ask you um there was a nike shoot in there that you included is that one that you worked on 
No, 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 nothing like I that. I thought I thought you'd uh, given yourself a little bit of a, <laughs> snuck in some previous work or something. No, I wish I wish no all that high tier stuff they don't give to the to the likes of me. But you you did work on a Kane shoot at one point, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah. Uh, early in, uh, when he it was, was really early doors. It was just, it, it, funnily enough, it was just before the North London derby where he's, yeah, the, the Bentaleb goal derby. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. past, uh, when he was kind of like, he was getting there, but it was still around the time when people were like, look, we don't want to expect too much from this lad. Let's just keep Soldado in the team and then get Kane, you know, but obviously they persisted with Kane. They kept him there. Um and yeah, the rest is the rest is history. Yeah, but we uh, filmed a little thing up at the hive. It was it was for some like all all weather conditions jacket that you know they were they were pushing at the time. Um, and he was he was hot at that point. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. I mean he was the he was that sort of story of the of the young player that shows that dedication can uh, take you to the top kind of thing, which is obviously. Big part of Nike's aspirational, yeah, content. Yeah, um, the Orient shirt that you wore in it is that is that one of the Kane Orient shirts? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So I sort of thought I'd give them a because I uh, like you were talking about like cutting room floor and stuff. I didn't I didn't go into the Orient stuff, and I was sort of conscious of the fact that I hadn't really done that. And then, but mm. I didn't. I'd, I didn't want to like beg it, and I didn't want it to be too. Because I, I, I don't know. There's a part of me that was quite uncomfortable about doing like a really sincere bit when I've just kind of made a load of jokes about like the pandemic and things like that as well. Um, so I just thought, you know, give it a little shout out and show that virtue signal, as the gammons would say. Um, yeah. That I'd at least got it, and that you know, it sort of supported the fact that the League Cup game got called off, and yeah, that sort of thing. You um, you you mentioned leaving stuff on the cutting room floor. And one thing, this isn't a criticism; it's just one mm-hmm. thing I, I just wanted to ask as a, uh, well, I've got you. Um, you didn't really touch on Delhi Alley at all. Was that a, a conscious decision, or was it you you just unsure of how to approach it? Because you, you obviously went into Ericsson leaving, but I think one of the probably the, the main subplot of of sort of our, our squad at the moment is sort of the treatment of Ali, what the future of Ali is, and you know is he going to still be a Spurs player in a month's time? Is you know all that sort of stuff was that because it wasn't a Mourinho fest either, and I know I remember speaking to you previously. You, you you did say to me, look, can you mention Mourinho when you write your thing because. I don't think I really have properly up until this point um, because I think, you know, Amazon did that job for us. Um, but, you know, I, I, yeah, Delhi was something that that wasn't as, as featured and uh, is that one for next year maybe? Is he going to take the, Deli, the the Danny Rose role next year or something? Potentially, yeah. I mean, it the the you've sort of pretty much nailed it there. It's because it's such a... Uh... Number one, it's such a like divisive topic, and it's not so much like I'm sort of scared to go into it on that front. Like you know, I, I make it quite clear, like whenever I speak on here, my love and admiration for Deli Ali. But it's more just because I don't really think anybody, and probably crucially, even Deli Ali himself, really knows what the actual situation is. Like, and it was very hard to really. Uh, 
get a kind of get a grip on it how to approach it tonally how to really present something because it's such uh it's been such a current issue right like consistently throughout the season um that kind of doing this retrospective look on things it, it it just didn't really go in tandem because I and like you say it's probably something to do once it's once it's all done because I could I could my, my thought was that like well this is how I approach it I approach the fact that it's all in limbo and I was sort of thinking of like metaphors in my head of can I do some sort of limbo type joke can I do something about flux I was even thinking in my head like oh I can do a bit about Deli Alley with flux by block party as the backing track and that'll go quite well and do you know what I mean so I was sort of exploring these avenues um like the way in which I was sort of going into all these other bits creatively um but really I was just like well because it's a retrospective but it's such current news like whatever way I I go about this like it it might well be that it just changes because that's kind of why I um got this out a bit earlier than I mean earlier a couple of days earlier but still it's just suddenly felt that like because I pretty much would set myself like look go go up until Leicester like go until Leicester and then if something big happens at Stoke you'll have a day or so before it's supposed to go out to like just put something in whether even that's just a curb your enthusiasm end credit or something like that if Stoke yeah. knock us out but you know go until the Leicester game and then bang it out and that's pretty much what I did and I sort of tried to keep the ending as well quite kind of thematic as opposed to going in because it, it's still you know because it, it, basically everyone is currently covering all of this stuff um and because this is more of a look back, it's more of a kind of closing the book on various different bits. It just sort of, I just couldn't really get a proper handle on how to do that with Delhi. Um, nor could I with, and I think it's part of my thing with Mourinho. Um, I mean, to sort of go into, I mean, I don't know, maybe you'll ask something along these lines, but in terms of like not talking about Mourinho too much or too much about Poch. I mean, I did, I, I couldn't help but like indulge it a bit before the North London Derby bit, talking about 1617, sort of yeah. Poch at the peak of his I powers. thought the, um, I thought you were taking the piss out of Amazon at the start with, with Pochettino, because you kind of, you just ducked him out straight away and brought Mourinho straight in with the, the leave impression, similar to how Amazon did. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, that's, yeah, spot on. That's sort of pretty much exactly kind of, it was the, you know, who of yeah, forget about him. And so it's only one of the biggest sort of, you know, figures in our club's history. He's, he's just that, you know, argy weirdo that loved lemons. Bang, <laughs> get rid, go away. And then there was obviously the, the other bit I was um, doing. I did the, like, big Monty Python foot because I can't remember. One of the bits of criticism I had back in the day was just like, you know, oh, he's just some dickhead that tries to do Monty Python jokes but not as funny so I just thought I'll, I'll just explicitly do a Monty Python joke <laughs> as well and uh, cut that in but yeah I mean like, I just because I, you know we've all got we all got our opinions on Pochettino or Mourinho or whatever and my sort of overwhelming intent for this was just like 
I don't think we need to go into like warring factions or camps or anything like that. It, I just wanted to sort of keep it free from much opinion and just kind of look at it, just look at it and enjoy it, make it bite sized, make it fun, and do you know what I mean? Move it, move it on as swiftly as I could from topic to topic. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I, I liked the ending because I liked the fact that it. Because I remember talking to you about the time you you were unsure of how the ending would be because we hadn't played those games yet, and I think had we beaten Liverpool and beaten Leicester, it it might have been different, and the the, the tone might have been different at the end. But given we didn't, and we sort of, like you say in the piece, we we ended very fairly similarly to how we started, probably in a in a better position, probably a little bit sure more sure of ourselves probably a bit happier than we were in the previous January, but it was still sort of, still a lot of uncertainty, still a lot of disagreement and and still a lot of sort of um, infighting. It was it was almost quite a nice symmetry on which to, to end the year on because it was fairly true to ourselves and I think you reflected that really well in, in how you actually finished the piece. Oh, cheers. Thank you. Um, my last question... Uh, because I don't want to. We've been doing this for a while now, and, and I can sense you getting more uncomfortable as I. As I think, <laughs> do, you know, do, you know, do you know? what I'm mostly uncomfortable? Like to be honest, like it, it, you know, I can sit around and fucking wank myself off on this all day. But there is also that part of me. Then I'm like, oh, you, you've done a fucking video on YouTube, <laughs> and now you're doing a fucking like you've won a fucking Oscar. Well, you I'm know. not. It's not like I'm interviewing Zoella about a makeup tutorial or something. You you have spent near enough 12, 13 months putting together an hour's long thing, and this is our fucking hour thing. True. So if we, if we want to spend 40 minutes talking about it, then we, we can. And like I said at the top, this wasn't... You never texted me and went, oh, Raj, can you interview me about my um, YouTube video, please? It was something I said, look, I know how hard you've worked on this. There's a few things that... You know, had we not had a podcast, I would have just texted you about anyway and asked you these questions. I thought, no, we've we've got a platform on which people might be interested, and if people are interested, I don't give a fuck. They can you know skip it and go to a bit where we talk about Tottenham or whatever. But given that you know people have received it the way they received it and watched it in the numbers they have, then you know the fact that they could listen to this and actually have some insight into how it came about and have some appreciation over not not just the man hours but the the skill and sort of vision it took to to pull it off, then then that's what I wanted to sort of bring to it, if possible. And unless you wank yourself off, you know, I, to go back to my spitting from earlier, I wanted to, you know, grease my palm up and give you a hand. Um, but my last question, sorry, Jack, as I uh, as I bring the tone down yet again, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is um, are you going to do it again? Have you have you got plans for the next one in place? Are you are you shopping it around? If if Lad Bible or somebody or Spurs themselves want to give you a cheeky bid and say you know YouTube next year drop this on our feed, um, is it something you'd you'd want to do again or is it sort of a look? This took this amount of time this year. I don't want to pressure might be up next year. I don't want people to be expecting it. And you know you know the dickheads that'll start in November. Jack, where's the fucking Spurs bike twenty twenty one? You've not said all oh, about Spurs bike. People say about the fucking podcast and and. To be honest, when people ask us where it is, that just makes me want to make it less. But <laughs> <laughs> um, is it happening again, or is it a one-off? Where do you where do you uh, where do you sit on it? Yeah, I guess it's a good question because I have sort of been thinking about that. I think you know, it, 
I, I can't I can't lie like the the what has probably made this possible is the fact that lockdown has happened that I now have because otherwise you know I do have a day job I am working nine to five apparently if but it's generally more than that um, and then you know you got a hour and a half to work an hour and a half or two hours or sometimes longer to get home every single day eats a lot of your time eats a lot of your mental capacity everything basically commuting you know and without commuting um i think we've all found this past year we've all had a lot more time on our hands to sort of you know think and to do what we want to do a bit more you know spend well some some of us have been able to spend more time with family others spent a considerable less amount of time with family and whatever but anyway yeah. we've all had you know sort of more time so i've been able to do that um it it all depends on what the year will be like i'd you know i'd love to make another one um i'll probably start noting down ideas jotting things down um like so i would i mean the pressure would come in that you know because this has been so well received i've sort of seemingly set the bar quite high for myself um and you know you know what happens when when anything tottenham related sets the bar high for itself um so whether or not i maybe open it up and do it more as a premier league wide thing you know so there's a bit more you know you can basically put put it out to a bigger audience and also it means that there's more scope for additional humor in there um who knows i might do i might might do something like that but i do um i would like to i've enjoyed it i've i mean ultimately it's you know it's lovely i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna act like i'm all fucking above it you know it's <laughs> it's great getting retweets it's great having all that validation that you get online everything like that you know i think any, anyone's a liar when they say it's not not about that like it's not so anyone that puts anything creative into the world is after that uh, instant gratification of, of course you are you know and it, i think it's disingenuous to suggest otherwise and it's you know it's it's amazing seeing so many people sharing it and saying like lovely stuff about it but on a on an actual genuine level like it's just you know it's just it's felt like a real sort of personal achievement to to get it out and i, I do i, I it is it is right that i say because i have already sort of consciously flagged up that i'm sort of wanking myself off here i do have to at this point give a massive shout out to a few people involved in this number one being billy t who you know it doesn't need any introduction to to anyone on here but like you know the sort of waffling shite scripts and stuff that i would chuck his way essentially saying like can you like make this a bit funnier or <laughs> can you chuck something in here that will can summarize this a bit better or i'm having you know a real sort of you know like the yam I, I couldn't think of a way to say goodbye to yam vertongan for example i just right. i was like i don't know how, I, I, I don't know how to do it justice i want to keep the mid this mid buff so i got the danny rose song and gotta say bye to Yan Vertonghen, but I don't want to do another song or something. Um, I don't want it to be too wordy, too sincere, or something in the in the middle of this because I was trying to keep it quite light, quite fun. The break between seasons, and he just just nailed a sort of idea. But yeah, I mean, like he's yeah, he's 
written bit is his, his contributed parts here and there. There's been Tom, obviously Tom Foynes, as a lot of people know him as, but Tom Hayward, who has, you know, been... He's, he's, he's you know, he used to do the Tottenham Way podcast. He used to be a stand-up comedian. Again, I don't know if that's a secret or not, but, you know, you can fuck off, Tom. And I just knew his, uh, his delivery and everything would be perfect for the kind of... Uh, Philomena, Barry Shippies type <laughs> bit, you know, I just thought it's got to be in there, it can't just be me talking um, on yeah. there a huge, obviously huge huge, huge shout out to the uh, to the GOAT, to the OG, which is Spooky, you know, I think yeah. I, I think Spooky is, you know, I've, I think we can probably both say that, you know this podcast and a lot of what you and I b- have both done sort of around Spurs and professionally everything has been largely inspired by being young people back in the day looking at the internet and reading Dear Mr. Levy and stuff like that, you know? Yep, like definitely. It, you know, um, and he's just consistently throughout the years just nailed it. He's done that here. He's got a Patreon, you know, he does his own sort of one-man pod now, which makes it sound like he's, you know... <laughs> rambling into the abyss which it kind of is but that's the joy of there's anyone that you want to hear exactly that's it you know and he he, he, yeah just you all follow him you all read his stuff anyway i'm sure so just do because he's thing um nathan as well who basically who you know he's he's been on the pod before but you know getting the brief of like mate so i take the piss out of xg a lot um (laughs) on here do you mind coming on and just having me mug you off? You know, and he's like, "Yeah, cool, great, nice one, done, yeah, whatever." You know, um, and I know, I know a lot of that XG stuff is very divisive, and I, I you know, I thought you were going to say no, it's bullshit or something. No, <laughs> no, no, but I mean, you know, Nathan approaches all this stuff in a, you know, I, I get it, I get why people are very standoffish about it, but he approaches it in a, in a, in a very accessible way, and he's very, very good at what he does. Um, so, listen to. Listen to their pod. Listen to the, I mean, I, yeah, whatever. Com- the competition, the extra inch, yeah, and just yeah. Nathan's a good guy. He's, he's uh, you know, and yeah, he he can't yeah. Thank him for enough, and also you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave you out here, Reg. You know, it's uh... no. I was gonna say the one person you're leaving out is your fucking missus, mate, because she's had to sit and deal with you while you've been putting this all together, and she's popped up a few times, and her voice is in it. She has, yeah, um, and yeah, she has been uh, very supportive, and I. I, I have... know you want to go to Connie Hook first, but your actual <laughs> wife should be the one. You... I have, uh, yeah, I have probably. <laughs> ignored her for about two months now but i think she's got it's the happiest two months of the marriage yeah, exactly. <laughs> i don't know why she's been so smiley and just like in such a good mood for the past couple of months but yeah no she you know she's and she's you know obviously great very supportive as, well yeah as we all know you know she's very supportive but not just blindly either you know it'll be the wild bits when she's like man you know it's not that funny is it you know <laughs> and you need, but you need that you know you don't you don't, we don't need a bit of honesty you yeah do. And there's times when that will put me into, oh, well, thank you. You know, thanks for that. And you're yeah, having my artistic strops as I do. But then, you know, but for the most part, yeah, she's been, she's actually just, yeah, really liked it, really enjoyed it. And uh, it's been good. And 
but yeah, mate, as well, you know, it's, uh, yeah, thank you to you, mate. I know you sort of, you play it down and stuff and things, but not only did you give it the perfect cherry on top, like, you just nailed it, and, you know, the past, what, almost fucking decade now that we've been doing this podcast, mate, it's uh, not only shaped my... Uh, perspective on many many things and like my understanding of different things like you know when i when i drop in on whatsapp and ask the awkward white bloke questions <laughs> and like try to get rid of my problematic thoughts and stuff but not just on that sort of shit but like just a spurs in general better way to frame stuff to argue you know like it's you're, I've you're taught a, you, how, you my, my standoffish nature has taught you how to argue back. You, you know, I don't know, mate. You're a, you're a, you're a, you're an inspirational guy. You sell yourself short. You know, you're very very good at what you do. You got a big future. Aww, I don't thank need to you. don't need to knock you off too much now. But yeah, as we're being sincere, you know. You I think know. I'm too old now to have a big future ahead of me. It's kind of like I, I think I'm in that Jesse Lingard territory where I'm. Am <laughs> <laughs> oh, I then Jack Wilshere? <laughs> I'm, I'm older than people think I am. Like, oh, he's one of the young guys. He's coming through, and he's not. He's 28 now. He's, he's got to be in his prime now. Do you know what this? Uh, fuck's sake! Do you know? Do you know what that makes this then? This Spurs white for me. This is like. That game, you know, when Arsenal would bring Jack Wilshire out like every now and again, and he'd just have that one game where he'd have an absolute worldie, and everyone would be like, "See, that's what Jack Wilshire's got in his locker." No, and then he'd just I, go I think back that's to the like, wrong comparison. Uh, I think this for you is this is you as Gareth Bale returning from Madrid. Yeah. This is your, your your homecoming. This is the return, and everyone's like, "Okay, so what's next?" I'm like, "Uh, uh no." <laughs> <laughs> That's Look, it. I'm, yeah. I'm a bit. I'm a bit older now, lad. You, you've had your one. I'm not as quick anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna need a few weeks off now. I hate a good free kick. I'm gonna need a month to myself now, please. I, 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 ca- I scored that goal against Brighton. Yeah, yeah I, I'll catch you on the links. <laughs> but no, um, Spurs wipe. Incredible achievement, mate. Uh, very proud to have been part of it and to have uh, seen you pull it off. And I hope um, as many people as possible see it and uh, take the time to watch it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, well worth everyone's time. And it's not just not just Spurs fans, but anyone's because essentially you're taking a piss out of Spurs. And and if we know anything about any other fan, fan base, it's that uh, that's something they enjoy as well. So um, yeah, crack on and do that. But if we uh... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
we've been talking about for the best part of an hour, so if we have 10, 15 minutes where we actually sum up the, the last bit of Spurs, I think, when's the last time we spoke? It was, we haven't spoken since I've moved into this house, so no. this is how old I am now. Having started this podcast, having recorded in my parents' garage, um, I now own my own property, and uh, it's empty because I can't afford any furniture. <laughs> but uh, we, we are recording here, so what's that, 6th of December? We probably recorded before Arsenal. And yeah, so we won the Arsenal game and then haven't won since. You fucking hell, have we not won? No, we drew against Palace, we lost against Liverpool, we lost against Leicester, we drew against Wolves. It's annoying, isn't it? Yeah, well, well this is the thing, oh, rather than the way, talking about... Fulham's off, by the way. Is it Fulham's off now? Fulham's All off. Right. If you haven't seen Mourinho's amazing uh, Instagram post about that, best league in the world, then uh, I, I highly... Uh, I highly uh, Recommend that his his uh, Instagram feed is um it's, it can be annoying sometimes when he's been a bit of a prick, but sometimes for them pearlers it's absolutely fantastic. I, I do like I've, I've liked the sort of like especially like like I was just going on them when I was being all soft and doing the whole oh I love you mate um shit which you know we we're back to toxic masculinity now so yeah we're out of all that um uh, the uh, I, I have liked the the benchmark of like your reaction to the Mourinho posts where it's been kind of like laugh 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 nah he's been a proper dad there laugh laugh <laughs> laugh you know what I mean because no. it is that that is the kind of thing about his thing you you do sometimes get those reminders he is a man in his what early sixties late fifties late fifties I think yeah and then you suddenly like oh he is still a da after yeah. all you know. This is this is the thing about him now because you sort of if you watch Premier League years and you watch him when he first came into uh, Chelsea and he was all, you know, black hair, attractive, that olive skin, smile, glint in his eye. He still has it, but it because he's an older bloke, he, he's not. It's not that he's less charismatic. It's just he's he's a bit more out of touch, and it's not because he's he's out of touch per se. He's just older than he used to be. So he's not he's not as as lively or as finger on the button as he may have once been, and he's still more often the case on the money than he 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 isn't. But there is like, for example, that that interview after Wolves and what have you. He, he he's a bit odd sometimes, but then there's like interviews otherwise where he is he still is Mourinho and he still has that charisma and he's still a laugh and he's uh he's still the character that that everyone you know remembers and wants him to be. But I think. Rather than talk about each individual result, because that could be somewhat boring, I think if we talk about them thematically, the thing that's starting to to bother me is that we do certain things really well and we shouldn't be embarrassed of that. The defensive solidity and sort of the way we control certain games is fantastic. There's absolutely no reason to be ashamed of how we beat Man City, um, taking a point from Stamford Bridge when they were in good form was a good result under yeah. circumstances. Arsenal barely put a finger on us, um, which is outstanding. We should have beaten Liverpool, and I will die on that hill forevermore. We, you know, we were the better team. I know it became a bit of a meme, but but I genuinely were. They what did they? Get? They got a scuff goal and then a goal from a set piece, which. Yeah. You know, other than that, we limited their chances. And they had a lot of the ball, but that was by design. Yeah, and we created a lot 
more better chances than they mm. did. The manner in which we lost that game has obviously had repercussions, and I think I think as a fan base, we all kind of had the the air taken out of us a bit. And yeah. You always do, and it's a shame it happened in the way it did. I think had we, it's partly because it's them again, right? Yeah, and there is starting to be a bit of a a thing with Liverpool now, especially is it in the seven games. in a row now they've beaten yeah. us. We do we do owe them one. Um, and we, you know, we we do get another crack at them later in the year, so we can only hope. It would have been it would have been nice to, just as like that sort of the fuck you after the Champions League and stuff. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice to have ended that Anfield record. Yeah, like it would it obviously wouldn't have made up for the Champions League. I'm not for a oh, second none. gonna say that it would, but like it it would have just been that nice sort of taking the gloss off, you know? Yeah. Well, you need some. You can you can only grab onto what you can. But the um the theme that I was talking about is um is the fact that in certain games we we now let we're not killing teams off. And I think Mourinho suggested this, but he's almost passed the book onto the players. And and without being on the training ground day to day, you don't know how true that is. You don't know if he's asking them to to score two or three mm. more. And this is something that we should the ability to do early in the season that. That Southampton game is a perfect example of it, and even the Man United game where we weren't actually playing any different in terms of being defensively solid and, and hitting them on the break, but we just we were a lot more ruthless when we had it, and, and now we look a little less cocksure, and it's cost us against Palace because we sat on one nil for too long and we didn't kill the game off, and they came back into it. It cost us against um, Wolves exactly the same thing happened. If you go back to the the start of the season. Even though that Newcastle handball was a fucking joke and you touched on it in, in Spurs wipe, it should have been a consolation one. We should have been five or fucking six up by that game. And, you know, we, we got it out of our system against Man United in the next one, but that game we should have killed off and that's two points dropped there. The West Ham game again, we, we did score more goals, but again, we, right at the end of the game, for some reason, something's happened. And, and the, there's just this pattern emerging now where the Leicester game is a... Is an anomaly. I think. I think we can almost put the Leicester loss down as a Liverpool hangover. Yeah, I, this is the problem, right? Because the, the 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 thing that I think most about where we're at at the moment, I think what really irritated me about Wolves, and I think what's kind of becoming abundantly clear, is that we've sort of made a bit of a rod for our own back now with this sort of style that we're employing. I'm sure, like. You know, if we're to sort of sit and think about it, I don't. I don't think for a second that Mourinho is saying, "Right, guys, try and win one nil and don't create anything at all." Um, but at the same time, I think he is probably using that as a bit of a as a catch twenty two, I guess, so he can throw the players under the bus like he like he did a bit under, after wolves if I'm, if, that's that's how i felt anyway when i saw it and it did irritate me um because thing, well, it's that's... just cuz he it looks like he can say like well you know i i didn't i i don't tell them i don't tell them not to 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 attack but it it does seem to be that he's created this atmosphere whereby now i think the players are a bit too conscious of not only how much pressure there is on them as an attacking unit, so it it's like we have to score in the few chances that we get, and so we're seeing because people are saying that they think Kane and Son are a bit tired, and although they might be, I don't think they're any more tired than 
a lot of other players are. I just honestly yeah. think they're overthinking what they're doing a bit too much because mm -hmm. now they're so conscious that their chances are at a premium. But now we have the added pressure as well because I guess the defensive unit are feeling that the attacking unit aren't taking their chances, that they also now know that there's an added pressure on them as a defensive unit to maintain this stop-out, which is there anyway. But when thoughts get into your head, it's very, as we all know about anything in any walk of life, it's hard to lose them, right? Mm -hmm. And they worm away at you. And I just kind of feel... That's what's happened to Spurs at the moment. I don't. I don't. Very possibly. I. I just. I don't feel like there's anything fundamentally wrong with what Mourinho is doing. I don't. I don't. Again, I don't buy that it's like parking the bus, and I don't. I don't think that he's trying to grind out one nil wins or anything. What we, you know, we we saw it against City. We saw it against um, Arsenal in particular, and we've seen it in games earlier on where you know it's. It is an aggressive style of play. It's a, it's a, an aggressive defensive unit that we've got there, shutting people out, stopping them, containing them, you know, limiting their chances to nothing more often than not. And then when they least expect it, bang, you've got Kane and Son that can just do what they do. But now that you've kind of got everyone overthinking what they're doing, maybe we do just need to revert back to what we sort of saw against West Ham in the early stages. It's probably a poor example because we, you know, shipped three goals in the last fucking five minutes of the game or whatever it was. But yeah. something a bit kind of more, you know, just let the players be a bit more expressive again. Let them kind of get it out of their system. Let them, you know, dish out some wallops to a team like Fulham or something like that, with all due respect to Fulham, who are a sound side, but... We should. I mean, let, like, let's be brutally honest. There is always this fear of saying this type of stuff, but we should be smashing a team like Fulham. Like we just should yeah. be, you know. Well, this is the the, the, the thing with Mourinho, and the, the thing that I think he's trying to get us to do. Because, like you say, the City game and the Arsenal game are perfect examples of, of us being able to do this. Is he wants us to to get in a winnable position and then hold it? And there was this. And it's he'll never be a bat out of hell manager. He'll never go and chase a six one like we had at Man United. If it's there in front of us and we don't have to kill ourselves getting it, then he'll take it. But if it's a hard game, he would rather do enough to win the game and then maintain the victory than possibly risk it by overexerting. And especially with the way the season's going with the fact that there was hardly any pre-season, there's a lot of football being played at once, and we, we did have, you know, you touched on this in the Spurs up as well, we've, we've had an awful lot of injuries in this squad, and it is a potentially injury-prone, you know, spine of the team we do have. He kind of wants to protect them at the same time, and you can, you can see the thinking of that, but we're almost sticking the handbrake on before the game's ready to get there. So 1-0, no matter who you're playing in the Premier League, isn't... A big enough lead and 2-0 is is just about enough but still not hugely comfortable but you need more than one so that that you know um crystal palace game and that wolves game we needed to do 10 20 30 percent more for 10 20 30 more minutes than we did and get that extra goal or just hold them off a little bit more 
in order to actually get ourselves over the line. And then we can just, you know, play them into corners, defend for the rest of the game, hit them on the break. And that's absolutely fine. And, and more often than not, that's how successful seasons are built. Because if you if you try and fly too high and close to the sun, then, then you do burn out quicker. And I know it's a, a bit of a cliche and it's... And it's sort of, you know, people will go, oh, but Man City do it and stuff. But that's, they've got <laughs> endless resource and yeah. two first 11s. The Liverpool team that won the league compared to the Liverpool team that went hell for leather, the hell for leather Liverpool team did not win the league. The Liverpool team that managed their season and ground games out and were defensive, you know, defensively solid and, and defence first and managed games, that won the league. And I'm not, putting us in the conversation of winning the league right now, even though we, we we spent, what, four rounds top of the league and we're only, you know, a handful of points off there and we've, we've got a shitload of games in hand now. Um, but I don't think we're a million miles off. I think it's just a, a mentality thing. And I think Mourinho made this point before the Liverpool game and I think he was just being, giving himself a bit of a cushion, but it was a, an appropriate point to make is that the amount of time he's actually been in charge at the club isn't that long because he came in midway through the season, just before Christmas, probably around this time, what, a year ago, two years ago? Yeah, near enough this time, pretty much. And then and then lockdown happened, so other than that time he went to the park and shouldn't have done, <laughs> he wasn't really training with the players. They weren't getting his ideas. They were having fucking yoga sessions on Zoom. So, you know, the likes of Klopp and Guardiola have had their teams on training fields and in normal seasons for years more than he has. And the fact that we, we have shown this amount of, I wouldn't call it improvement, but revolution under him, because I, I find it difficult to say we're, we're a better team than we were under Pochettino, we're a different team than we were under Pochettino. And whether that's for better or worse is a, is a different conversation to have, but it's, you know, there's a, a million ways to skin a cat and, and we're doing a different version than we were before. Um, I think we're, we're just getting there and I don't think we should beat ourselves up about the fact that we're not quite there yet because it hasn't been that long in, in all intents and purposes and, and even though this is Mourinho's second season it's still a fucking weird season and, and last season was even fucking weirder and he's not had a full summer and we have bought players and we did do a lot but we hadn't for a long time before and I'm not trying to make excuses for him I, I'd more than confident that we're going to finish top four and I think we will do quite comfortably because I think Chelsea is shit and I think that's because Frank Lampard is is not a very good manager I think Man United will continue to flatter to deceive they're having their purple patch now but as soon as um, you know Ole actually has to manage them that's not gonna it's not gonna continue I think well it's gonna be interesting now isn't it that like you say now the the lens is suddenly on them it's shifted from us now and now they're like right can Man United win the league? And that I mean that's a, that's an added factor onto it. You yeah. know, this is one of the big things that Mourinho's sort of touched on is that he wants to change the mentality at the club, as in can they get it over the line? And as we've seen at the moment, with everything you've just said there, which is all very true, he's not had as much time with the players as he'd probably want. So to be able to shift you know <laughs> I mean, let's look at it like 60 years now of not winning leagues of not competing at the very top of the table or getting it over the line at least to what in the space of like a year he's supposed to change that and I think we've the most sort of annoying thing about these last few games I guess like Liverpool Leicester in particular are like 
you know, I, I, in my in my head, just just if I'm honest, like in my head, like Liverpool wasn't just about beating Liverpool, which sounds ridiculous because they are, yeah, it's away from home against probably still the best team in Europe, um, you know, Bayern notwithstanding, maybe, um, and that's a big challenge unto itself. But the fact that we kind of went there thinking. I reckon we can actually win this, and and legitimately thinking that, like I, I think we can actually do this, and for, in my opinion, really, us falling short of doing that, being mostly, mostly, maybe a mentality thing again, and I, mm-hmm. I don't really want to use the the B word, but you know. Um, Brexit. Yeah, yeah, no, mate, I'll use that all the fucking time, mate. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But you just, I don't know. I think it just shows that, like, we're not there yet. And it was that kind of grim reminder that, look, there is still some distance to go. I I just feel that that maybe part of it is just there's this paranoia, isn't there? That, like, look, this is a weird season. Anyone can win the league. For fuck's sake, don't let it be Leicester again or Villa. If it's not (laughs) going to be Liverpool and we don't win it and somebody like a Villa or somebody does, we would be looking back in five, ten years and fucking cursing our luck again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like... That's the way football. it goes, I think, the, the, I think the it's going to be... The man- on those teams. The pressure... No. That, there's an inordinate amount of pressure on Tottenham. There just is. Like yeah. I know, it's, I know it's, it sounds like a bit of a tantrum thing, but I, I genuinely, honestly believe... We are we are unique. Um, I think we we spoke about this on the last podcast, or spoke about it at some point. But I honestly cannot think of a parallel. I cannot think of another team in the same bracket as us in the in the Premier League. Like I just I just cannot. I, I think we are a unique entity in that in all respects we are as big a team as all the other big teams in the Premier League now. And people can scoff at that and they can laugh at it, but whatever you don't like modern football but it's here and as a brand as a financial entity as everything Tottenham are one of the biggest teams in the in the country now we are yep. but what separates us from them is that they have all won stuff they've all won the top honors and we haven't and so any time we get close to it look the fucking even the Carling Cup the Carling Cup the final for the Carling Cup whether or not we're playing against Manchester City, who have spent billions of pounds, who should be—I mean, let's let's not be—it's not to be pessimistic, but let's be honest—a Carling, a cup final. If you're going by like numbers, if you're going pure moneyball, hard-nosed about it, we should not be a problem for Manchester City. Manchester no. City, sh- the pressure should be on them because they should not be losing a game to Tottenham, but. If we don't win, well, we got to beat Brentford first. But if we beat Brentford and then get, and it so applies to United, to be fair. If we mm-hmm. get United or City in that final, all of the pressure will be on Tottenham. All eyes will be on Tottenham. Have to win this. Mourinho has to win this. If they don't, they're bottle jobs. If they don't, it's same old Spurs. If they don't, they're always gonna be shit. And people never pay attention to the fact that. We're playing against a Manchester United team that's been assembled from hundreds of millions, a Man City team that's been assembled from billions. 
but they won't they won't get that scrutiny they won't get that pressure but then no. if we actually win the fucker then all people are it's gonna only say, a Carlin call oh, oh yeah all everyone is a Carabao so big deal yeah. big whoop go and win the league now you know and it, so we cannot win and no. I think that the point that you're making as well that is, I think when we roll up to Southampton, when we roll up to Newcastle, West Brom, Palace, Wolves, they treat us and they mark us in the calendar the same way they do United, City, Liverpool, Chelsea. We're no different a prospect to them. They play us with the same ferocity and intensity for wanting to take out one of the big boys. And, and we are a scalp in the same way that any one of they are. But we don't have the same money and same infrastructure to fall back on that they do and it, it is kind of as if i've said this for a number of years but especially true of you know pochettino's time at the club is we're the victims of our own success because we're, we're so far ahead of where we should be that we're, we're kind of we're fighting above our weight still and and people don't tend to recognize that because they don't want to and they we do occupy this like you say unique ground where we're kind of everyone's second team, but also everyone's favourite punchline at the same time. And, and everybody wants Tottenham to remain in that place where they're not quite threatening enough to hate them, but they're not shit enough for them not to be fun to watch at the same time. You, you, and kind of just exist in that weird paradigm where where we're just there to, to be enjoyed as kind of like the fun team at the top of the league or like the, the you know, just the Tottenham of the league. And, and I think we would piss on everybody else's parade if we did win something or if we did go on a tear or if, you know, there was like a, a season where we went and fucking won everything. I think everyone was suddenly just go, oh, this isn't, you know, Tottenham aren't fun anymore. They're actually, it's annoying that they've won everything. We can't quite enjoy that team in the same way we did previously. It's, it's, it's really, it's really, it's, sort of frustrating that we we are being judged and hung and, and weighted in a certain manner, but we don't have the same resources and, and power that I mean, the other teams do up there. There's, I mean, and there's multiple layers to this. I mean, like an example off the top of my head, and I'm sure there's more, but one of the best ways I can look at this is like, look at Manchester City and the acquisition of Rodri and look at us with Ndombele. Rodri has cost Manchester City more than Ndombele cost us. Rodri's had far less of an impact than... For somebody who is much, like, lauded upon his signing, was going to be this new midfield engine for Pep Guardiola's team, just doesn't really get played, hasn't really sort of found his feet, and nobody really fucking mentions it. But, you know, Tangi Ndombele so much as gets taken off on the 70th minute, oh, what's that about? Oh, is he not fit enough? Oh, is he falling out of Mourinho? And, you know, the, the, again, the level of scrutiny that gets apportioned to a player because he's our record signing and he kind of stands out as a big money signing for Spurs, whereas with City, spending 60 mil on a midfielder, ah, it's just it's just not... It's just like, you know, I think, for example, like if Hoybier, you know, if he didn't work out, as well as he has done. And if from this point he does fall off a cliff and doesn't really do anything, people would just be like, oh, well, you know, it only cost them 15 mil from from Southampton and nobody would really think much uh, much less of it. But, you know, uh, 
and this is just what I mean. Like there's there's a there's an additional pressure on Tottenham. It seems to be at every single kind of corner we turn, which really is only gonna, like you say, is only gonna go away when we actually win something. And this is this is the problem though for me. It's when we win. If I'm honest, the Premier League or the Champions League. That that's where that's because that's the size of the club that we have build ourselves as now you know a stadium like we've got the the sort of the aggressive marketing campaigns that we put up around ourselves we have basically announced ourselves as a team that is bigger than a Carabao Cup or an FA Cup and people people think you're being sniffy when you say and I understand I totally understand why an opposition fan base would hear a Spurs fan saying that and laugh and scoff and everything but I think if we were all being honest about it, they know just as much that if we did win an FA Cup, as Pochettino always said, that ain't going to keep Harry Kane at the club. That isn't going to keep Son at the club. Probably wouldn't, you know, it, it wouldn't keep a lot of the other players at the club if if we were to say that's all you're going to win when you come here. They all want to. They all want to win the league. They all want to win the and Champions League. I think it's. I think there's a fallacy to that as well too because if you look at Salah and, and this is a different point entirely but he's won everything he can possibly win at Liverpool pretty much now and he's still being talked about as if he wants to go so there's there comes a point where if somebody's going to leave your club they're going to leave your club no matter who you are no matter what you've won if somebody's going to go there's always going to be a bigger fish and there's no club in the world now where I don't think if there's not a bigger fish there's not an alternative fish or there's not a richer fish <laughs> if that's not sort of strangling that analogy, but we will we will see what the the new year brings. Um, I think um, speaking out loud, possibly this is a a private conversation we'll have publicly. But I think <laughs> with uh, with the the new setup and everything, we'll probably be more likely to record a bit more often next year because um, I'm a bit more settled here and and got a bit more time on my hands and what have you than than I will have done previously. So hopefully the uh, the old roller roost can keep ticking ticking along um, as we will do um, as we have done for a while now. Yeah, I'm I'm up for that. Well, I'll I'll hand over to you to sign off, buddy, because uh, give you give you a little uh, YouTube video plug for us and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and fuck off <laughs> and uh, yeah do do the honours and um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone and um, you know I hope you've. On a slightly since Jack's done all the sincerity, so let me have a sincere one. This year's been a bit of shit, and um, you know football and stuffs helped us tick along and what have you. So I hope everyone is safe and and well. And uh, this us two talking shit has has given you some sort of respite from day to day life, if that is what you require. But um, fingers crossed, we all get vaccinated. If you're intelligent enough to do so, if you're an anti-vaxxer, then go suck your mum and fuck off and. <laughs> do something else and don't listen to us anymore and uh yeah we'll uh, we'll speak to you in the in the new year happy happy christmas and, and merry new year yeah if you are if you, if you do want to watch spurs wipe go onto youtube and just type spurs wipe all one word 2020 um and i think what is my channel url it's tetrunk a bit i've got it's tetrunk tv see i put tv on the end cuz what did somebody already have tetrunk um Maybe it might have just been maybe. I've had to, I've look, I created this account like ten years ago now. It's old. It's like me. 
That's when I was actually relevant. I was a YouTuber once upon a time. I was a proto-YouTuber. And now I'm just some sad old fart making videos to think I'm clever. Do you know what I mean? And everyone's just indulging me. That's all that this is. It's some weird Truman Show shit. That's what 2020's been. Fuck. The whole world revolves around me, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I couldn't have seen that 2020 without one of my trademark meltdowns. Do you know what I mean? It's been been coming. But yeah, echoing what Rad said, you know, thanks for all the messages everyone sent saying, you know, that they're happy to have the pod back and it's helped. And God, it has. It's, you know, I think it's been a help for us just making it and having somewhere to, to vent stuff and do stuff. And uh, yeah, enjoy New Year's as best you can. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 